Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuning in to the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here trying to bring you guys the latest and greatest of all things mixed martial arts, in particular when it comes to the betting side of things. Appreciate you guys joining us. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Saving Grace Oil. Go to SavingGraceOil.com. Use promo code CASH20. Get 20% off your entire order. Uh, Saving Grace offers a full-spectrum hemp product, which works fantastically. I've had a hell of a week, and CBD has kept me on as much of an even keel as possible. I really appreciate their products. I love their company. I love that their motto, that they want to get people healed, not high. Fantastic company. Go to SavingGraceOil.com. Enter promo code CASH20, get 20% off your entire order. Also, check out Alpha Outpost. Alpha Outpost is a subscription box service that sends you a box once a month that's filled with tactical supplies for anything that you may or may not need. Uh, all kinds of great military-grade equipment sent directly to your door that you can use for anything that your little heart desires, whether it's hunting, fishing, trapping, or maybe just preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Whatever your deal is, I don't know. Go ahead and check them out. And lastly, this episode of the podcast is also... Brought to you by Playline. Go to Playline.com and enter promo code Playline Free Money Sign Six and get six dollars towards your million dollar contest. Playline is a company that's owned and uh, operated under the tutelage of Michael Bisping, former UFC middleweight champion of the world, and UFC or I'm sorry, Indiana Pacer great Roy Hibbert. Trying to give out over a billion dollars in prizes this year. The promo code is Playline Free Money Sign Six to get started with them all right appreciate you guys supporting the podcast as always had tremendous feedback on social media this last week in addition to email responses i appreciate everything you guys are doing saying and bringing to the table and those that are joining us on the live stream and those that are already here i see you i appreciate you and thank you i'm gonna dive right in uh i don't have a whole lot of energy i've had a had a heck of a week man i don't uh, i'm just you know uh it's just been it's just been it's been a week, man. It's been a complete pendulum swing from the happy to the sad, back to the the happy again. Um, there are some big things in the works with this podcast, with this show, uh, and you guys are going to be excited. We're about to take things to a completely new level, uh, the likes of which I never thought was possible, and I am super ecstatic to see where it goes from here. But all these things are in the works. Can't talk about them yet, uh, but it is coming. And I think that when it does happen, um, I mean, you guys are just going to be blown away. So I appreciate uh, those that have been with us from the very beginning. Uh, Those of you that continue to join on the live stream, appreciate you. We are going to uh, go ahead and dive right into this weekend's event, which is going to be fantastic. UFC on ESPN Plus 4. Lewis versus Dos Santos, which is going to be an absolute banger of a fight. Um, but at, you know how we normally do things. We got to start them out on the bottom of the main event card and we'll work our way up from the from the from the bottom to the top. Try to cover everything we possibly can. 
last week, last event, we went five and five, which wasn't bad. Um, if we would have done leans, we would have done a, uh, a little bit better, but we avoid women's MMA, and that's for good reason. Big underdog hits on Diego Sanchez, and uh, who was the other one that hit? There was another, I think, plus 200 that hit. Um, I can't remember what it was. I have to go back and look. And then also the Usman-Woodley card going to decision, which... Uh, was was an absolute um, was an absolute treat. Um, you know, we we had initially thought, and I, I I see Mike on a live stream saying that Woodley didn't win by TKO or KO. I'm with you, man. Um, you know that that was a big thing, man. Is it was either going to be Woodley by KO or a decision call, and I wasn't really sure. Um, MMA math adding up, it seemed like Usman probably was going to do it, but I have lost so much money betting against Tyron Woodley that I didn't feel right, and it's been like this since we started the show, I hate saying, uh, you know, I bet everything that I play, or I, I play everything that I say people should bet, so I don't like steering people in the wrong direction, and if I'm not comfortable with my money going into it, I'm not comfortable with your money going into it, so I didn't want to tell people to bet on Usman knowing how many times I've bet or and lost going against Woodley, so I avoided that play uh for that exact reason. Now, I thought that Usman had a great chance of beating Woodley, and what we saw was the second most dominant title fight in UFC history and the greatest margin of significant strikes landed to absorbed uh, in UFC history, which was fantastic. Um, so, you know, it, it was just one of those things, man, with that fight, it, the only lock that I could see was it going to decision. There was one instance, I think, in the second round where... Usman had Woodley in legitimate trouble, and I was really hoping that um, Goddard wasn't going to step in and stop it, and I'm thankful that he didn't. Um, Trying to think what else. Oh, obviously the Robbie Lawler controversy on that fight. So a couple different things here. One, um, I'm thankful that it didn't get stopped after the slam in the Robbie Lawler-Ben Askren fight. I'm thankful it didn't get stopped then. Um because after the slam and the subsequent punches that Rob, that Robbie Lawler landed, I've seen fights get stopped for less. Um, and they, you know, he could have jumped in there and waved it off and said it was done. And I don't know if many people would protest that it was a bad stoppage, but he let it go. Askren got his wits about him, and then the controversy really started with the bulldog choke. Um, where I think, you know, and I don't know what Goddard and Herb Dean and the rest of these guys do, but what I think that there needs to be done if it's not done. Uh, it's in particular with boxing prior to referees walk around the back and they go through various scenarios as what will happen should X, Y, and Z take place in the ring, what they expect from you, what they expect from the other fighter and what you expect as the fighter from them. They go through all these things. So that way, when you're in those situations, there's a monicum of perhaps maybe we can, uh, you know, decipher what's happening in, in a split second so that way oh yeah he did tell me this boom and then i react this way um initially you know with the hand behind the head you know robbie lawler's in a bulldog choke his hands behind uh Askren's head he loses the hand um and it falls to the ground and it does so in a loose fashion it really does just flop to the ground but herb dean does like the old wwf wrestling thing where he comes up and he shakes the hand robbie lawler gives him the thumbs up but because he wasn't down at the angle to see the thumbs up, it just sort of looked like the hand was sort of hanging there. Now, I see her. I see why Herb stopped it. But I also think that if you thought that the hand went limp and hit the ground the first time, and you go and you hit it, and it doesn't hit the ground the second time, 
doesn't that seem like that might be a good way to just sort of say, oh, he must still be with it, because if he was out, that hand would fall again, and it didn't. He shook it, it or it hit the ground, he shook it, and it stayed up. That indicates that the man's not out. Don't wave off the fight. Ben Askren saying he doesn't want a rematch. If I'm Robbie Lawler, your stock didn't go down by losing to Ben Askren. If you're Ben Askren, your stock stays exactly the same. Nobody's out there saying that you ran through him. Um, you know, uh, nobody's saying that Ben Askren ran through him. So, you know, Askren's stock sort of stays the same. Robbie stays the same. I don't really necessarily see the need to run it back, but, but. I could see why they would if they choose to. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, um, which is fine. You know, I, I think that I do. I think that Askren's ever going to be UFC champ. Probably not. But do I think that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be a serious issue um, when it comes to disrupting title shots? Yes. Much like what they used to use Chael Sonnen for before they started giving Chael Sonnen title fights. Chael Sonnen was the guy, if they had somebody that they weren't wild about giving a title shot, they'd have them fight Chael Sonnen. And Chael would wrestle death you. Uh, they did it with Alan Belcher. They did it with Michael Bisping. You know, whenever these guys would get on high streaks, they'd just throw Chael Sonnen at him, and Chael would just wrestle him down, beat him up, grind him out, get that decision, break the momentum. And I, he always sort of hovered... Um, in that in that area after the the Anderson Silva saga, so it is what it is. I think that 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 um, you know Ben Askren will see his day. I don't necessarily know with the shakeup to the welterweight picture what that even looks like. Obviously, he's never going to fight Tyron Woodley because they're best friends. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting to see him up. You know, welterweight's not is is sort of a shallow division right now in the sense that you've got all these guys that are just sort of log jammed with nobody really standing out the only one standing out is not the the new uh the new champ and and uh usman so i i don't know we'll see all right let's get into this card um let's see here so we got tim boach versus omari akhmedov which is great glad to see tim boach back i remember um, one of my favorite performances of Tim Boach is when Yushin Okami was beating the dog shit out of him for two rounds. And then in the third round, he like sort of like one hand tie plum grip the back of his head and then just uppercutted Yushin Okami into oblivion. So, um, you know, it, it, it was pretty, I mean, that was one of my favorite performances. And then Tim Boach always finds a way to win. He really does find a way, um, you know, to, to really just sort of, um, just eke out victories that maybe he should or shouldn't. Um, and he's going up against a guy that's an absolute killer in Akhmedov, which I think could be a real problem for him because we haven't seen Tim Boach in a while. So it's really going to be one of those things where is he going to be able to keep the fight standing? Is Omari Akhmedov going to be able to use that grappling approach? Is he going to be able to ground him out? Is he going to try to stand and bang? Akhmedov's coming in at a minus 140, which I think is great value here. Um, just based off the fact that I don't think necessarily think that Tim Boach is going to win this fight. I have to look to see what Tim Boach is, but I'm pretty sure he's in his 40s now, if not at the cusp. So he's in that 39 to 41 range. Akhmedov is the younger guy. Um, I think that he's probably going to get the job done. I feel pretty confident in that at minus 140, it's still tremendous value there. You can still make a decent turn uh, on, you know, if you're a if you're doing diet, you know, however, whatever your unit play is, I'm not suggesting a max play on that, but the Akhmedov, you could do worse uh, for this fight at minus 140. And then, like I said, Tim Boach occasionally finds ways to win fights that he should. Not saying he shouldn't win this fight, but I don't think he's going to. I think it's a little bit over the, uh, uh, you know, past the cusp. Um, 
think about it like the uh, the Dan Henderson fight, right? Like when Tim Boach fought Dan Henderson, you have one job, right? When you fight Dan Henderson, avoid the right hand. That's all you got to do. That's it. If you avoid the right hand to Dan Henderson, you're good. Tim Boach can't do it. So there's a couple easy things that Tim Boach can do to win fights. Um, and a lot of times he gets sucked into these brawls where he just gets t- he just gets pieced up and touched up and it just happens. So Omari Akhmedov minus 140 I think is a good play here. Uh, and, and I like that. I'd like to see what the over-under on rounds is for it. If over-under on rounds comes in at one point, or one and a half, I'd suggest playing the over. Um, next we got Benil Darius, Drew Dober. I, dude, I'm high on Drew Dober right now. Um, he's really been fighting well. You know, he's he's able to push a pace on people that most people can't keep up with. And Benil Darius, for whatever reason, has been trending down in my in, in my experience. I don't necessarily like what I see when I see him fight. Uh, 15-4-1 on the record. Not that great. Uh, you know, uh, the... the you got the you have the loss to um, Hernandez, where Hernandez came out and was like, "I'm not touching gloves. I'm trying to punch you in the face." Um, and then you got the loss to um, who need his who need his face off, Edson Barboza. And then he had an uh, he just won a fight. I can't remember against who. Um, oh gosh, some Brazilian. Anyway, um, so. You know he's been knocked out two of his last four fights. Um, he's going in there against a guy like Drew Dober who can put some volume on people, and Dober's coming in at plus one sixty. Which, if you look at the way Drew Dober's been fighting, um, the the guy is in his prime athletically. I think at plus one sixty, um, I'm not going to suggest pounding the line, throwing the bank at this, but if you look at you know, the streak that Dober's on, he's won three in a row, beat Josh Berkman, Frank Camacho, and John Tuck, all all game opponents. I'm not going to say elite level or anything like that, but all game opponents, and I can appreciate the body of work with that. The guys looked good. He's won the fights that he's supposed to win. Um, you know, he's been in the UFC for a long time. He's got the experience. Him and Dariush have, you know, have both been around. Paths haven't crossed. They're, pat- they're, you know, two ships in the night, but they're about to collide head on. I think that, uh, you know, I think, I think Drew Dober is going to get this one done. Plus 160. I like that a lot. I really do. Um, I think, I think that Dober has a, has a real shot at winning this fight. I don't think that Dariush is going to knock him out. Unless it turns into like a weird wild brawl or he gets caught with some weird looping overhand right. But that's not Dariush's game. So um, I think Dober's going to go out and execute. I really do. You know, uh, guys three in a, won three in a row. Three out of his last four. Uh, uh, plus 160. Unless they know something I don't know. Uh, I like I like Dober in that fight. I'll take that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that seems like an easy play. Not an easy play, but it seems like a, a quality play at plus 160. Um, then we're moving into heavyweights. Heavyweights are always, 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 always tough to deal with. Um, Blagoy Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell. Now, with the Blagoy Ivanov pet play here. Now, here's my thing with this. This dude, if you look at the Junior Dos Santos fight, right? Did he get beat up bad? Yes. 50-45s, unanimous decision. But he took some punishment, some absolute punishment. This dude's got a big, giant, you know, Eastern European head. It's going to be real hard to get him out of there. Um, Ben Rothwell coming off a huge layoff with the steroid suspension. Before that, Ben Rothwell was doing well. 
Um, I don't know if he was necessarily knocking on the door of a title shot, but you're looking at wins over Alistair Overy, Matt Mitrione, Josh Barnett, and then got beat up by the same dude that beat Ivanov, Junior Dos Santos. And how did he lose? Unanimous decisions of 50-45. So common opponent, common result. Um, neither one of these guys are, can hold a candle to, to Junior Dos Santos, but if I look at the body of work on who Rothwell has fought, uh, you know, Mark Hunt, Gabriel Gonzaga, Brandon Vera, Alistair Overeem, Matt Mitrione, you look at these people that he has fought, it just becomes painfully apparent that the quality of opponent that he has fought has been far superior to that of Blagoy Ivanov. Um, now, the fight's not quite a pick em. Um, You've got Rothwell coming in at a plus 105. I, with this one, I would lean Rothwell for the play, but I'd really be anxious to see what the over-under is on rounds. If we're going one and a half, let's play the over. If it's two and a half, I still think let's play the over. I still, th- I still think that maybe this... I, I think that this fight of all heavyweight fights, has a real shot of going to decision just based off the fact that Ben Rothwell has shown himself to be super durable. Ivanov, super durable. If you're in there getting beat 50-45 to Junior Dos Santos, you're, take, you're, you're catching them hands. You are catching those hands from Dos Santos to get 50-45 scores. Uh, and if you can do that for five, 25 minutes in a fist fight with a guy like JDS and not get put to sleep, you're durable. You're real durable. So I think maybe the, the play for this one to go to decision, unless the odds are just super skewed, uh, I would say play the decision unless it's minus 150 and above. 150 and below, play it. Uh, as far as leaning on the fight, Gosh, just lean Ben Rothwell, but I like the decision play better here. Um, let's see what else we got lined up after that. Tim Means, Nico Price. Man, what a great fight. Dude, there's so many good fights on this one. All right, Tim Means, Nico Price. Tim Means. Uh, the Dirty Bird is one of the biggest welterweights out there. Um, I, I just think he's on a next level technically. Nico Price has shown that chin to be super suspect. Um Tim Means coming in at minus 200. I don't. There's not a whole lot of value there. Without knowing what the rounds are going to show up at, because uh, it's just too early being Thursday night when the fights aren't until Saturday. Uh, usually round plays come out tomorrow. Um, Tim Means not known to be a super finisher, but he does have finishing capabilities. He's a real volume guy and has sneaky submissions. He might be able to get Nico Price out of there. Um, minus 200. Maybe throw means in on a parlay. That's about it. I wouldn't suggest more than that. Um, all right, co-main event. Oh, man. Uh, this, I'm not going to say it's going to be fight of the year, but looking over this card, and this is a great card, um, fights that have potential to be fight of the night. Alex Morono, Zach Otto, uh, Anthony Martin, and Sergio Morais. In the main event, Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos all have potential to be fight of the night. But what I think is going to steal the show is the co-main event. Uh, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos versus Curtis Millinder. Um, so let's break down how each one of these guys can win this fight. I think that for Dos Santos to win this fight, or, or Zaleski Dos Santos to not confuse people, um, he's going to have to convince Curtis Millinder to turn this into a brawl. If he can convince Curtis Millinder to to turn this into a brawl, in doing so, he will 
increase his chances for winning because he has knockout power in both hands. He absolutely has knockout power in both hands. Uh, Curtis Millinder, if he is going to win this fight, he has to punish Zaleski Dos Santos every time that Zaleski Dos Santos tries to make a tries to initiate any sort of combination. Anytime Dos Santos tries to close the distance, Millinder has got to touch him. He's got to use his range. He's got to attack the knees, calf kicks, leg kicks, body kicks. He's got to use that range. Millinder is a fantastic technical striker. Um, you know, he has to. If he can get Zaleski Dos Santos thinking upon entry, it increases his chances of winning. If Zaleski Dos Santos can turn this into a brawl, I think it's his fight to lose. Um, right now, it's coming in at even money. I like Zaleski Dos Santos. The guy is on an absolute tear. So is Curtis Millinder. Um, Millinder's won his last three fights. Uh, but prior to that, he lost two in a row in Bellator to much lower competition. So it's weird that he lost a lower-level competition. He's beat a little bit higher level here in, in the UFC. Um, I think that Zaleski Dos Santos, however, has a better body of work. Uh, he's looked more impressive. And like I said, he's got finishing power. And he's got a great ability to drag people into the trenches. He's not afraid to get hit uh, in order to hit you. And I think that's going to be the difference maker in this fight if Millinder can't get out there, put you know, put shots on target, and hurt him upon entry. That's going to be the difference. He's got to hurt him upon entry. And if he does that, I think he has a great shot. It's even money right now, um, so you're getting back what you put in. I like Zaleski Dos Santos. That's just my play for this fight. I, I like this guy a lot. I think he's a super contender at 170, man. If he goes out there, looks super impressive, and sleeps Curtis Millinder, like, you know, uh, hits him with like a shot, like how he did with Sh- uh, Sean Strickland. Hits him with like a spinning uh, heel kick or something like that, dude. It would just be, it'd be next level. Oh man, so freaking thirsty. All right, main event: Derek Lewis, Junior Dos Santos. Um, I'm torn on this fight. I really am. Um, I don't necessarily know. See how it plays out. Um, Dos Santos is a, is a heavier favorite, minus 210. Um, can Derek Lewis absorb punishment long enough to land that shot that he needs to land? I don't know if he can. I, 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 I don't know if he can. Um, I would like to see, I would love, I would love to see Derek Lewis win. I really would. Um, because what I want to see is a Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou rematch. I don't know how we get to that point, but I want to see them fight again. I think that we as fans were robbed with that fight, um, by both of those guys being absolutely terrified of being embarrassed. I know Derek was saying that he had issues with his back. Um, and Francis Ngannou had his, uh, whatever you want to call that, uh, you know, mental breakdown, um, I, I I don't know, man. I wasn't. Here's the thing: is I'm not I'm not convinced with the Cain Velasquez, Francis Ngannou fight that Ngannou's technically like what we'd call back or what people are saying that he's back. I really don't know. Um, yeah, I, that fight had me confused. Derek Lewis, you know, I want to see him win really bad. Plus one seventy. Ah, man. Let's do this. Ah, you know. Dos Santos, there's no value there in picking him to win. I'm saying rounds, rounds at three and a half. 
Um, if you think that Derek Lewis is going to win this fight and the rounds are at three and a half, play under. If you think Dos Santos is going to win this fight and it's at three and a half, play the over. And if it's not at three and a half and it sits at one and a half, we're definitely playing over. Two and a half, definitely play over. Doesn't matter who. Um, four and a half and oh man, four and a half. I would just avoid. I would just avoid. Um, I might. I might make a post on Instagram after the rounds come out that sort of abridges this, um, just to sort of get a little bit more clarity on it. Um, what would be why? Oh man, I wonder what the odds are on Dos Santos by submission. Get his first submission win inside the octagon against Derek Lewis. I mean, if you look at what if you look at what Daniel Cormier did, right? If you look at what Daniel Cormier did against Derek Lewis, let him get a little bit tired, right? Let him get tired, let him get tired, and then just take him down. Derek Lewis has shown himself to be completely inept on the ground. Like just an absolute nightmare. Which I would like to think that Dos Santos, you know, growing up in Brazil has at least a decent uh, submission game, you know, he obviously loves his boxing, uh, and you know, it is what it is. I mean, he, he's not, I just think it'd be so wild if he just went for a submission. I would imagine that the odds on that are probably through the freaking roof. Um, I might make a small play on that too. I might just make a small play on Dos Santos by, uh, Dos Santos by submission. Just to throw it out there, just to see what it is uh, once those those lines come out. But I think the over-under on rounds is going to land somewhere around the 3.5 mark. Um, anything, if it's 3.5, if you think Derek Lewis is going to win, play the under. If you think Dos Santos is going to win, play the over. 2.5, just play the over. 1.5, just play the over. 4.5, avoid it altogether um, and just go with what you think. I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, touch Dos Santos just outright, just at a minus 210. But you could throw, you know, Dos Santos, Dober, and I'm trying to think. If you take Zaleski uh, and throw, and Zaleski, Dos Santos. So if you take both Dos Santos's and Drew Dober and put a unit on it, you're getting six to one on your money. I think that's probably what I'll do. I think I'll throw a parlay together. I'm going to throw Zaleski, Dos Santos. Actual Junior Dos Santos and Drew Dober together, and maybe that's how I'll play it. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, parlays are always super risky. I feel confident that Drew Dober pick at plus 160, man. I think that I think they have this line wrong. I really do. I'd be shocked if I was proven wrong. I very well may be, but I really would be shocked if I was proven wrong on this. I think Drew Dober is on a different level right now. Dariush has not looked good, um, so we'll see with that. And then you know. I think I think Junior Dos Santos is going to get it done with his with his boxing. I think he's going to beat up Derek Lewis. I don't necessarily think that Derek Lewis is going to quit out there. I wouldn't be surprised if you look at like the Rothwell fight and the Ivanov fight, like we talked about. I wouldn't be surprised if JDS went out there and got himself a, another fifty forty five. I really wouldn't. Rounds are at three and a half. I'm playing JDS and I'm playing the over three and a half. That's what I got. All right, guys, that's about it. Like I said, I've had a hell of a week. I don't want to dive too much further into this. Um, we got another one coming up right after this. 
uh, you know, there, there's cards just each and every weekend from here on out, which is fantastic. I love when the UFC is willing to just stack stuff up like this. We're leading up to 236, trying to get a guest picker on for 236. Uh, I've reached out to a couple fighters, uh, you know, one of which has been on the show before. We're going to see if we can't get it worked out with him. Uh, you know, we're having a little bit of scheduling conflict, so hopefully we can get that ironed out. Uh, if I can get him on, we'll announce it then. Um, but hopefully we can get him back on. Oh, friend of the program, Linton Vassal just had a fight announced too at heavyweight in Bellator. So we're going to get, we're going to definitely try to get him back on uh, before that that fight happens would love to talk to linton uh you know last time he was on absolutely fantastic great guest um and then jose shorty torres as well um he's got a fight coming up he signed with brave fc so that's good too uh love to see guys that come on the show doing well and succeeding uh you know the only one that hasn't is jimmy rivera we had jimmy rivera on jimmy rivera hasn't won a fight since he's been on the show so don't tell anybody um you know uh that's We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, uh, I kind of feel, I'm not saying that I, that we curse Jimmy Rivera, but like when Jimmy Rivera came on, um, he, a fight wasn't announced and every fight since Jimmy Rivera, every fight that Jimmy Rivera has had since he's been on the show, he's lost. Uh, you know, he, he came on, he was getting ready to fight Marlon Marais and then yeah, everybody saw what happened with that. So it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, guys, I appreciate everybody listening. Let's go through top cities, top countries like we always do. Whenever I remember to do it, I got the list right here. Let me see what's what. Appreciate everybody that joined on the live stream. What is that? Mike. Appreciate you, Mike. All right, let's see here. Let's go with locations. Let me figure out where everybody dialed in from last time. All right, here we go. Top cities of this last episode. Appreciate all you guys that listened from Victoria, British Columbia, Honolulu, Hawaii, L.A., uh, the Berg, Phoenix, Arizona, Winchester, Virginia, Boston, Tulsa, and who is this? Oh, San Jose, California. Top countries, the U.S., Canada, Australia, U.K., Chile, Bosnia, Ireland, Spain, Portugal, New Zealand, and Germany. I appreciate all you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining on the live stream. Appreciate you guys. I got a baby crying. I got to go. I'll talk to you guys later. Hit me up on social media if you haven't already. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Shoot me an email, fistfulofcashpod at gmail.com. Be glad to answer any and all MMA questions. Appreciate you guys that rode with us last weekend, won some money. Um, and I'll catch you guys later. See you.